Welcome back to the In-Laws Podcast. I'm Brianne. And I'm Sophia. We're two law students who created this podcast to talk about law school, law talk, and everything in between. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the In-Laws Pod and our school pages at Law and at Law. Our guest today is Anna, a 3L at Texas A&M, also known as Anna Graves on TikTok. Anna with three N's and Graves with two S's. We've invited Anna onto the pod this week to discuss the presence of alcoholism and addiction in the legal field and law school. So to begin, Anna, what is your relationship to alcohol and has it changed in law school at all? That's a great question. Um, So I like turned 21 right as I was kind of, well, yeah, as I was entering law school and COVID at the same time. So most of like my over 21 years have been in law school. Um, So that's kind of been interesting to navigate. Um, I'd say I'm a pretty light drinker. Um, I tried to, entering law school fall of 2020, I really tried to make it, uh, or I tried to make an effort to like not drink on weeknights, especially like with the isolation and the stress. I just felt like those were not going to be a good combination. Um, I also live with someone in active recovery. So there isn't a lot of alcohol or there isn't alcohol around the house. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a pretty light drinker. I mean, bar review is probably one of the only places that I'm drinking at this point. So in a law school setting, um, but yeah. Well, cool. Okay. And then Brianna, if you want to answer and then I'll answer after you. Yeah. So I would also say that I am a pretty light drinker. I turned 21 at the beginning of my senior year of college. And I think I went out maybe a total of three times. Um, Just not really my scene. That also, I went to a really heavily like frat and sorority school. So that was not the kind of drinking I was into. So I didn't really drink socially, even in undergrad. And in law school, it's odd because my first year was completely remote. Bar review was not a thing. So I think I didn't get ingrained in the bar review alcohol culture. And I've only been to bar review twice. So I, I, I think I have escaped quite a bit of the reliance on alcohol that happens in, in law school. But I will say my 1L year during COVID completely remote, I noticed like I would ha- be having like a glass of wine like three or four times a week. And that was very abnormal for me. And when I tell that to people, they're like, oh, that's like nothing. But it's like, it was for me. <laughs> um, yeah. It was for me. It was a change for me. So I actually went like four full months in my 1L year without having any alcohol because I realized that there was a change for me and I didn't want to experience that. Interesting. I think I'm on like the other end of this where I do participate in a lot of alcohol related activities, but I'm not always drinking at them. Um, I'm kind of a control freak, so I like to be able to drive places. So I'll DD a lot, but I will go to the things where people are getting drunk. Um, I think also too, I went to a school that was pretty like heavy drinking for undergrad. It was what everybody did. Like I remember my freshman year, people would go out like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That was just like the norm. I didn't always do that, but I definitely drank at very odd times for no reason kind of thing. But I don't think that extended past undergrad for me. Like once COVID hit my senior year, 
I just didn't do it like for months and months. And I'm not somebody that drinks by myself. So I wouldn't just like go home and drink. It's definitely a social thing for me. I don't think I rely on it, but I do, I do partake. That's interesting. I will say like, I don't go out to bar review very often, but when I go out to bar review, like I'm committed, I'm not going to have one episode and then like <laughs> I I'm very much in control but like I don't want to come off like I don't drink I'm so much better than everyone I do. yeah I've had moments where I'll go to bar review and I'll just kind of see how many drinks I can get for free and then like that's the amount of drinks that I'm gonna drink is however many I can get for free that's that's the way to do it honestly Okay. Um, into some like more personal things. Um, if any of us have ever had like a reliance on alcohol at any point or addictive something, and then also family history of addiction and alcoholism, because I know I do really badly on my mom's side. Yeah, I, uh, I have a family history of alcoholism on both sides of my family. Um, which is interesting because it was my grandparents' generation and some of my parents' siblings. But because of my parents' experience with that, neither of my parents drank. Like, they have never drank. They don't even do champagne toast at weddings, which I think is kind of, I don't know, I think it, it can swing both ways in that I didn't grow up, like, normalizing alcohol dependence at all or, like, alcohol even in social events. But I think, I don't know, my older brother, when I was in college was like, you need to, you need to like go out and drink more. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I do. And he was like, no, like you've never seen what a healthy level of drinking alcohol is. So like you need to realize that you can drink alcohol and not have a substance abuse issue. I don't know. I think that shapes a lot of my experience with alcohol. What about you, Anna? I have like very or like lots of substance abuse and issues on like both sides of my family. Um, I also grew up with like a mom who's an alcoholic and she's now an active or she's now in recovery. Um, so like it was something that was like definitely like a core part of my childhood and like who I am as a person, like seeing her navigate that. Um, she's also an attorney. So like I saw like her navigating that and being an attorney and kind of how the two like intertwined. Um, but definitely alcoholism on both sides of my family. Um, that's shaped like my view of alcohol. Um, lost a lot of people in my family to alcoholism as well. So like definitely a problem, but I do relate to Brianne where I try to navigate that. Like it isn't like an absolute, you can't have any, but like what a healthy relationship looks like. And like also knowing that I'm predisposition to like being conscious of that if I'm making sense there yeah yeah no that does make sense I have kind of I guess a different situation because my dad's whole side of the family is Muslim so none of them drink my dad does mostly because he's not a practicing Muslim anymore but he also was never drunk around me or even like really tipsy until I was an adult so I never saw like either of my parents be drunk and my mom's not really a drinker either she is more so now that like the kids are not around and we're like not at home. 
but growing up like my mom would have like one drink and be done mostly because it gives her headaches and stuff so I was never like really introduced to it I guess like through my parents but my mom's side of the family is definitely like the type of family like once you turn like 14 all of the older cousins are like trying to get you drunk at like family cookouts and parties I never did that because I was like you guys have me all the way messed up <laughs> and I was little goody two-shoes but when I was in high school one of the best friends that I had came from like a not so great home situation and I would spend a lot of time at her house and she had older brothers that would drink so that's when I first started drinking was in high school, but I literally drank once my sophomore year and once my junior year, and then not again until I was 18, because I was like, my parents' rule is like, don't do anything illegal until you're 18, because we don't want to get in trouble for it. And then after that is like when, when I really started like partying was college. Yeah, I didn't drink in high school at all. I feel like I look back on it and I'm like, it seems like in media, drinking in high school is a thing. But like, mm -hmm. from my experience, it was not. The only way it kind of happened where I'm from is like barn parties. <laughs> so people would like all hang out in the barn and drink. And that was about it. Like there was an infamous barn that people would go to and they would drink there. But people just, I don't know, there was like definitely established party groups, but it was not something that was like customary most people like it was like there were the kids who were partiers but if you weren't in that group or you weren't like really close to one of them then you were not partying I think the uh the east coast equivalent of that is we do bonfires high school kids drink at bonfires so let's get more back on the track of school so for school events or networking things that are held at the school or like sponsored by the school, is alcohol ever present? Not for me, not UNC. Um, I've never had alcohol provided by UNC at all. What about you, Anna? I was thinking about that because like my view of networking has been so distorted by being like a little COVID law school baby. Um, but um, I don't think anything, our school doesn't do a whole lot of like hosting networking events themselves. And I don't think they're allowed to spend state funds on alcohol, but that's not to say that they don't refer us to networking events that definitely have alcohol. So mm -hmm. that's been my experience is a lot of times where we're referred out to events or like that definitely do. Oh, that's interesting. I've never had my school refer me out to a networking event like bar associations, like things like that are a lot of where our networking events are or like what we have like alumni bar associations. So that's yeah. what we rely on, I guess. I do think that my V1 networking was very distorted by COVID because it was all like teams meetings. Like <laughs> we were doing like speed dating on teams with, yes. it was very <laughs> awkward. I think this is another thing where I'm on the other side because you can buy alcohol at my law school because we have our own cafeteria. One of the campus cafeterias is in the law school building. So you can buy alcohol there after I think like 4 p.m. or something like that. And then every single event that's hosted at the school that's like an evening event, there's alcohol present. And when you RSVP, you get two tickets in the back of your name tag. 
and they're color coded. So each event has a different color. So you get two drink tickets and then some people who don't drink will give their tickets to other people who do drink. And there's some people who will save up the tickets and then bring all of the colors to the next thing that they want to go to and then like pick events to just like get wasted. I've personally never done that because I like I show when I'm drunk. Like you can really see it in my face and also like just the way that my mouth moves once I start drinking. So I usually just have one and then switch to water because if I'm speaking to attorneys, <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to be drunk speaking to attorneys. So I feel that I I'm super pale. So my face goes so red when I drink. I can have like one drink before it's extremely obvious on me. Um, I feel like all the networking events I've been to, it's been like they're really heavy pours too. Like if they do have alcohol, it's like if you're getting a glass of wine, it's really like two glasses of wine. And then it's like, I'm such a light drinker. It's like, you can't get home on that. Like, um, so it's been, it's weird. It's at least been my experience. It isn't interesting to navigate because I didn't know that my school was like that. And we had, we had like a reception one all year where we got to like meet the Dean and a bunch of professors and it was like outside and super cute and stuff. And when we all showed up, we got our, we got our name tags and there was like this full bar outside and people were walking up to the table and I didn't know that we had tickets. Like I thought we had to go and pay. And then they were like, no, like, where's your ticket? You just like, give us your ticket. And I was like, what? what do you mean this is for free oh so so odd I didn't even like at barrister's ball we didn't even get free drinks really we did no it was a it was cash bar and uh it was such a poorly run cash bar that everyone was sober oh no yeah it was it was a very sober barrister's ball yikes sometimes the drinks are so much because i have been to some events with like closed bars that it's like you know what that's a deterrent enough i do not have 12 15 bucks for a drink so dollars yeah i've been to some that are like that oh right no i see when i was at my like true partying peak which was the end of my junior year beginning of my senior year especially the beginning of my senior year wow um, I had like a really horrible breakup and I also moved into like a nicer apartment. So I was wiling and also just like extremely emotionally unhinged. And <laughs> during that time, I worked at a daycare during the week and then I worked at an orchard on the weekends. And I literally, I went to a pregame and was just drinking so much. And then I sat down on the couch and I looked up and my ex was there. I turned to my roommate and I said, we have to go now. As soon as we stepped out the door, immediately blacked out. Don't remember anything. Don't remember the walk home. Nothing. And she said we got back to our apartment and she opened the door, walked in. And I just like immediately fell on the floor, like fall on the floor, passed out, was on the ground and started throwing up. And she was like, what the hell? And her mom was a nurse and she like called her mom and was like, what do I do? Freaking out. And at that time, we had two other roommates, and one of them was a guy. And so they had to, like, carry me into my bed. And I was, like, wearing a bodysuit. So my guy roommate, like, accidentally saw my boobs because I was so wasted. <laughs> and then I couldn't go to work the next day. 
Mm. And that was like a really embarrassing experience. And then after that, I was like, okay, you have a problem. Honestly, but like that was my roommate literally every week, freshman year. <laughs> I It was a weekly occurrence of her being carried back into the room so drunk her boyfriend would have her like over his shoulders and she several times peed on him. Oh. I know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think I've only, I've only blacked out twice in my life. Once was freshman year and it wasn't a horrible experience, but it was one of those things where I really learned my limits that night because in high school, I was like a super slow drinker. Like I kind of did it in stages because I was one of those people that was like, I want to learn my limits before I like go gung ho. And then I learned very quickly. And freshman year, I stopped drinking for like quite a while after that. And then the same thing happened senior year. So I was like, okay, you're never blacking out again. Like you're not doing this shit again. That's, yeah, I do think like, everyone has to have that that experience where they learn their limit that is a classic college experience yeah (laughs) I will say that I think I'm saved mostly because I'm a slow drinker of anything it takes me like four hours to drink an iced coffee so me drinking more than two drinks in a night is an accomplishment (laughs) like I I have to actually try to do that Okay, so still sort of on the topic of school, but Bar Review, what is Bar Review like at each of our schools? And do we go? Do we participate? What's the participation like? Anna, if you want to start. Yeah, so we, what was it? We didn't have Bar Review my first year because I started like fall of 2020. And so they like slowly brought Bar Review back what would that have been fall 2021 and so we had like two or three throughout the semester and then Omicron hit so I think we only had like one or two in the spring of last year um so they weren't very frequent um but they were definitely like a big social thing but it was also it's kind of like high school where it's like the same groups go to bar review um (laughs) yeah so um it's definitely like not something that like everyone goes to it's like if your group goes to it you go to it um and I'd say I go to like maybe I can't even say I make half I say I make like one in three like maybe I go to one a semester it's big if I go to two so like I went to the Halloween one last weekend and that'll probably be and then I went to one at like the beginning so if that bar review is like kind of a big deal for the people who are like dedicated but if you're not like honestly I'd say if you're not a friend group that's like pretty k through jd you're probably not going to bar review so it's definitely not something that like the whole school participates in by any means so we're also a big not a big community school but we're in a big like I'm in dfw so it's like if you live like on the other side of dallas like you're not driving to fort worth for review so that also I think plays a big factor that's a really good explanation of how bar review works because it's the exact same at my school like the same groups of people go to bar review and it's 
definitely like the KJD, they were in sororities and frats crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been to a total of three bar reviews. Um, same here. We didn't have any my 1L year. We had some my 2L year. I didn't go to any of them except the Halloween party. Um, I will always go out for Halloween. That is not something that will ever stop. Yeah, I, I've gone to Halloween this year and the one of the first ones this year. And I just, me and Seth have talked about this before. You go to bar review and people are just talking about school. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I fun. I don't want to be talking about school, which is why I love the Halloween ones, because no one's really talking about school on Halloween. But yeah, every time I go out, people are like, oh my God, like you never come out. And it's like, make it worth coming out. <laughs> Gotta surprise them. Gotta mix it up. I go to a school where there's bar review every single week. So it's like a weekly occurrence. Last year, last year I was a huge bar review girly. I was at like every single one except for when I had to write my memos. Those were the ones that I skipped. But second semester, like, there were very few that I missed. Part of it was because my mentor was a 3L and she was super into it and, like, really wanted to go because she she didn't have, like, any. And I guess they were, like, weird her 1L year and then COVID hit, like, spring of her 1L year. So she didn't get, like, a lot of bar view experience. So me and her would, like, go together. Like, if my friend group wasn't going, like, I would just go with her. And so we spent like a lot of time doing that and it was fun because she would always drive. So neither of us would like get really drunk. Like she would have two drinks. I would maybe have like three and it was always really fun because we would just like go out and dance. And that's like really what I like to do. Like I either like to go and dance or I want to like sit down somewhere and like talk and chat and stuff. And this year it feels like Barview was neither of those things. Like nobody's going out to dance, and then also nobody's like talking about fun things. So I haven't gone in like five weeks <laughs> because it's just like not the vibe this year. And it is also one of those things where it's like certain friend groups go, and I was definitely like my friend group was one of the groups that was like always there last year. I mean, I was always there last year, and people knew that. Like I'm the bar review queen of my class, and I just. I'm I'm passing down the crown because it's just not like my move this year. I don't know. I'm kind of becoming like a hermit grandma. So just not not my vibe right now. Have they like changed bar review at y'all school? Like at ours, it was like it was always at like a bar or a club or like in our bar district. And then they're like, well, let's have like sprinkle in a few like breweries for like the non-partiers. And I was like, you have to do something for the non-drinkers every once in a while, but no, ours is like there's two main drinking streets where it's just like lines of bars, actually three. So then they they like alternate between like the three like drinking streets, basically. We definitely have some breweries sprinkled in there, um, but they're like they're breweries on a college campus. So like they're kind of just bars. <laughs> um, I think it would be wise to sprinkle in some some weeks that are not alcohol centric um love when law schools can have events that don't revolve around drinking alcohol like i know for halloween our balsa and outlaw joined together and carved pumpkins like that shit is so cute <laughs> i wasn't able to make it i wish i was um but 
Yeah. Lots of bars, lots. And it's like on our main drag, like the main street. Say no to drugs was not a thing in high school. Definitely a thing in law school. It's, it's wild. I think the scary part for me is like, it's mentioned so casually. And I mean, maybe I was just like oblivious in high school or like oblivious for like most of undergrad, but that kind of stuff was just like not on my radar. Like Coke was not even on remotely my radar. So when people just like casually say, I'm like, okay yeah. yeah and they do it casually too it's like I, I always knew weed was there but like the hard stuff casually what mm-hmm. I just I do remember specifically in undergrad I took a class um that was very very small it was like eight students for my undergrad and we would go into the local women's prison <laughs> we would have class with uh some of the incarcerated women there but we would have to like drive over in groups and i was with these girls who would like regularly talk about doing coke and i like i was complaining to my older sister because my older sister is a substance abuse counselor and she was like, Brian, a lot of college kids do coke. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't believe you. And she was like, go ask your friends how many of them have tried coke. And I did. And it was more than I expected. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think some people just like choose not to tell me because they think I'm going to judge them, which like part of me is. But yeah. also at the same time, like it's just not the life for me. It's nothing I've ever wanted to do. And like you, you do you, I guess. I can't make you do anything. Obviously, I would I would like you to not do drugs. But you know, it's it's not it's not my business. I'm just gonna unless it's bad, it's not my business right now. You can do yeah. it. But it was yeah. In undergrad, I was uh president of my sorority. So unfortunately, a lot of the times it became my business. <laughs> that was always fun. I would have to, one of my like duties tasks was every Sunday checking. I went in a really, really small town, really not great police department. And it was like, had to check all the arrest records every weekend. It was a fun time. Don't recommend. That's bad. That's yeah. That is so bad. It was. The first time I like really understood that people were like doing drugs was one of my friends freshman year of college, he has ADHD and he told me he was like, I had to agree with my parents that I would never sell like my Adderall if I was going to get it prescribed. He was like, that was the only way I could get it. Like that was the only way my parents would let me have Adderall was if I promised to never sell it. And I was like, what do you mean sell it? I was like, what are you talking about? And then people just casually be like, oh, I had to write this paper. Like I just took an Adderall. And I was like, what do you mean you just took an Adderall? Yeah, like, I didn't. What? I got the lecture when I went off to college. It was like, you need to hide your ADD medication because it's a hot commodity. And it was like, what are you talking about? And then quickly came to learn. Yeah. I also like, do college kids know what Adderall is? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're taking because we can call it Adderall. 
It's meth. It's meth. The bottle says methamphetamine. It's meth. Meth. I did one of the the wildest experiences of my life was my my partner and his roommate both turned 21 at the same time, literally like one on day one, the other on day two. And um, the roommate's parents threw like a big party for everyone in New York City. There was like limos taking us oh, from wow. bar to rooftop bar, like very wealthy Connecticut shit, right? <laughs> um, and that night I learned that um, wealthy people, when they drink a lot and the drinking starts to make them tired, they crush up Adderall and snort Adderall. <laughs> what? <laughs> nope. To, like, that is so insane to me. Just drink a little espresso. Like, fuck. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know, switch to vodka Red Bulls? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they, they snort Adderall so that they can continue drinking. And it's like, when I get sleepy, I just go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. That's, yeah. That's, to me, that's like, you have an issue. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to party, like, all night long and you can't, uh, uh, that's scary. I, I think just because of, like, the people that I have been close with and the people that I, like, go out with, I've never, like, been exposed or, like, witnessed people doing like hard drugs until my 1L year of law school and I went to this party that was like it was like a secret party and it was like strange and invite only and like super like I don't like on the low and there was like a local musician who was like gonna perform some shit and then there was like a DJ whatever and I literally watched like the local like musician rapper guy take out a contact lens case and like do coke out of it and I was like oh I have to leave I was like I have to get out of here I was like because he's like a local celebrity like local celebrity and I was like no I was like I have to go that is um oh oh that's yeah that's a lot yeah I was like, this is not, this is not my vibe. I'll hee hee ha ha over some tequila lemonades. But uh, this, this real shit is not my shit. <laughs> no. I think, do you think that has to do with you being kind of a control freak? Because I think for me, it has to do with me being a control Oh, 100%, 100%. And I mean, I didn't talk about this like earlier, but well, like my mom's side has like heavy alcoholism problems, heavy addiction problems. Like I've had multiple like family members have like really bad addiction problems. Like one of my mom's brothers is like very much estranged from the family because he's just like off the wall. And so my grandpa, he was like a super great grandpa, but to my mom and her siblings, he was like a very abusive alcoholic, which is like also part of the reason why she doesn't drink. And I just know that should I ever partake, like, it would be so easy for me to just, like, keep doing it and, I guess, like, fall off the tracks in a way. And, I mean, I think I, like, experienced that in, like, small ways with alcohol during college where I was, like, ooh, this is, like, 
teetering on territory I like really don't want to be in but I'm such a control freak like I can't like let that happen like I will never let myself do that just for the purpose of like I cannot be the one that does that (laughs) if that makes sense no that makes sense I so I don't think that there were any substance abuse issues in my family that I know of honestly neither of my parents are super close to their families um but my best friend growing up her entire family had substance abuse issues um to the point where like her siblings have drug-induced lupus oh wow Um, like like bad um so I think in a way I've been hypersensitive to it because of that and especially like I need to make sure that I'm staying on track because if I'm on track she's gonna be more on track (laughs) and I can't let my best friend like fall down that pattern I think a lot of it was that for me I feel that I thought it was the only one that was like that in college it was like I'd so much rather be the DD and be able to like handle things and take care of y'all than participate or do any of that. It definitely was like a special occasion if like I was the one that was like supposed to get the drunkest because me and my friends would kind of like take turns like we were never like a friend group where it was like everybody was just getting like wasted. It was like kind of rotating like if somebody was like bad night I'm getting fucked up everyone's just everybody else was just gonna chill which was like kind of a nice thing about like our dynamic but you know if you're the person who is like trying to get fucked up and you get really fucked up then it's not it's not a good time yeah I think as soon as you start being a problem to other people that's like you need to get yourself together yeah I had a friend like that and she She's actually in law school now too, but we're not from anymore. She was a kind of a bad friend, but she like mad alcohol abuse issues. And two, she was like a very tiny human, like literally 4'11", like tiny, tiny girl. Her ass could get snatched up in 0.2 seconds and she would just disappear. Like it was so bad. And she was just one of those people that also like didn't want help either. Like she kept wanting to live a very chaotic existence. And it just got to the point where I was like, I can't be like thinking every day that you're like dead in a ditch, bro. Like, this is not, I cannot do this. Yeah, it's, I think it's really hard to see friends go through that, especially when you are at a point in your life where you're not participating in that kind of thing. Like, I, I truly don't even remember like the last time I was like, actually drunk. Cause I just, I don't drink to that point anymore. And I also just like, I really realized I just like to sit around and talk. So I have like a drink and I'm like eating. I'm just like vibing. <laughs> I don't like need to get drunk. And I think it's hard to see when I have friends and I do have some friends who like, that is their thing. Like that is their coping mechanism and they drink a lot and they drink a lot by themselves And I think that like drinking by yourself has always been like a point that I never wanted to cross, which is why I'm always like apprehensive about even like doing that. Because I just feel like when you're drinking by yourself and when you're drinking a lot by yourself, you should really be wondering like why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And so when I when I see my friends doing that, I'm just like, dude, 
like, I don't know what to say to you, but like, I'm worried about you. <laughs> I think uh, I'm a person where like, I will drink by myself, but like, it's like a Friday night and I'm trying to relax and I have a glass of wine. Um, but I do think that people, when you think of law school and you think of alcoholism, everyone's mind goes straight to bar review, right? But I think the the bigger issue is probably like the people who are doing more than just bar review, right? Bar review is once a week. The bigger issue comes with with people who are using alcohol as a coping mechanism. The yeah, other a week. lot. I yeah. think it like especially worries me because I've I've seen people talk about it on TikTok too, like how much they drink or like often a lot of their content revolves around alcohol or like has alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how like how much are you drinking? Like how often are you drinking? Because if I'm not going to bar view and I'm not like going out to eat or something to like do some cute shit, I I won't be drinking. Like I don't lean towards alcohol related activities. I'm like, let's get dinner and like talk. <laughs> or like let's do something and like watch a movie. Like those are not alcohol centric activities. So when people are like doing a lot of alcohol centric activities, it's just, I don't know. I get concerned for the randoms on the internet because I'm like, why why are you doing this? Like, what is the reason? What's the reason behind this? Right. Especially when you're making the choice to post it. It feels a little bit like a cry for help. Yeah. Yeah. Just a touch. (laughs) For sure. What's concerning to me, tell me if this is something people do at your school. Um... People at my school will post themselves studying or like working in a bar at like, oh, yeah. that's a thing at your school, Anna? Um, it was a thing at my undergrad. A lot of the, some of the fraternity houses were like right next to a bar. And so they like, it was a thing at my undergrad that people would go study I was thinking more of like the people who I've been in study sessions with people at like 11 o'clock on a Friday and they're drinking. And it's like, I would think it was like leftover from the night before. And it was like, no, you're straight up having a beer at like 11 o'clock on a Friday. Like, oh, what's going on? Are you okay? Really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely watched some of my peers. I mean, I'm not, not an expert, but it's like, from from the inside outside looking in I I think you have a problem it's just in law school but that's neither here nor there studying in bars was definitely a thing in my undergrad though it's a thing for some people in my law school and to me I think like I don't know my contracts professor also he said I had him during COVID but he said he used to have like office hours at a bar like he could come and meet up with him at a bar um and uh, he did a lot of his work at bars, or I guess more like breweries, right? Um, and that's like, I can't imagine myself being productive in that kind of environment, even without drinking alcohol, right? I totally lied. We have a bar across the street from our law school, and people are there all the time. I just forgot. I never go there to study, so I forget that people do go there, but... 
we have a bar across the street and it has like a lot of space and it's usually pretty empty so people do use it like a coffee shop what is that's yeah to to me that's a little concerning which is also right next door to our like county bar association so it's like (laughs) once you leave it's there too so get up two bars in one night shit right or like the county like our like legal bar association like if that makes sense is that a texas thing like we call them like bar associations oh that's not a texas we have we have a bar association i know there's like some people who have like randomly gone to bars and studied at least as far as i know it's been random like there's nobody that comes to mind that's like oh that person like studies at the bar but (laughs) one of my friends in undergrad who I actually studied abroad with, he would, on Friday mornings, he would literally bring beer in his coffee thermos to our 9 a.m. class. It was like physics two or some shit, or maybe it was okay. I don't remember. It was one of the freaking STEM classes. And he would drink beer during class every Friday morning. And I was like, what what like makes you want to drink at 9 a.m. on a Friday when you have a full day of classes ahead of you? Was it a thing at y'all's like undergrad? I haven't thankfully seen someone do it to law school, but it was a thing to like go to class drunk or like see how well you would do on a test. Yeah. And take it drunk. Like I feel like frat boys did that a lot, but I could be could be wrong. But yeah, that was a thing. Um yeah. frat boys are fucking stupid. Yeah. Honestly, any group of guys together is stupid because I had guy friends who are not in a frat, but they would have 100 percent do that shit. That is, again, like I'm, I'm too much of a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that, none of that's going in. Chop, chop, chop. Shit, I'm getting deleted real quick. Um, oh my God. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the glamorization of addiction because that shit really bothers me Mm -hmm. um to me i think there's almost this glamorization of not just yeah i mean there is a glamorization of alcohol in big law especially with all of the social events um and so if i know you can relate to this over summer summer associate positions a lot of that shit revolves around drinking yeah and a lot of people like i don't know a lot of people wanted me to make content about that and it's like no (laughs) i'm not gonna be part of glamorizing that like i don't agree with it me and my fellow summer associates were the type where like we would go and we would have one drink and we would leave like it was not that kind of of summer for us and we were we were very committed to that yeah we kind of had a mix of events that were like at the firm and then ones that were at other places and the ones that were like at other places I would only have like one or two tops usually one but if it was like at the firm I would drink like a little bit more one because my roommate could pick me up and two because it was way less people and it usually just ended up being like the summers and like support staff like because the attorneys would like pop in and then they would like leave to go back and do whatever they were doing but never not at a single work event was I ever drunk 
yeah. not a lot. There were other summers that did get drunk and it was like pretty humorous. It was just not me. <laughs> I've never worked somewhere that had like events, so I don't know. I've only been like in the courts or PD's office, or like this semester I was with like a firm with two attorneys. So like there weren't really those opportunities. Drinks. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, my externship that I'm doing now is at a PD's office, and they will have like happy hours on Thursdays it's not a part of the PD's office. Like it's just, they go to the bar that's right next to the courthouse. Some of the younger attorneys will. Um, but even that is like, you have one beer, <laughs> then you leave. Um, so I definitely feel like there's, there's a, a very different treatment of it in public service versus big law. Um, I think the hard part in like relation to school and maybe those smaller spaces too is like you you want to go because those are really like the opportunities to like build community because they make them the only opportunities to do that and if you don't go it's like a lot harder to get close to people because then you become kind of known as the person who doesn't go to those things so then they assume like oh that person is not fun that person is boring that person is whatever people are going to assume and then people don't want to like get to know you as much if you are not like in the scene or like a visible person, which I think like does a disservice to a lot of people who are very cool, but just don't want that to be their socializing thing, you know? Absolutely. I definitely think like, no, I mean, that that's definitely it. Um, I know like a lot of people in my class the first time I went to a bar review were like, oh my God, like, why don't you come out more? Like, you're so funny. And it's like, I was just like, I'm not that type of person. Like get to know me outside of classes without it being bar review, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think it does, it genuinely does a disservice to you. Um, I will say that there were several I don't want to say sober because some of them were just Muslim, so they didn't drink. Um, but the, there were attorneys at my firm that didn't drink alcohol and very publicly didn't drink alcohol, which I thought was incredible. And I love them for that. And they would still go to the social events. They just want to drink. So on top of like alcoholism in the addiction realm, I think there's like a lot more going on with like caffeine and other things. And I, I think especially like with caffeine and like staying up and like the grind mentality, it's like taken over, especially in like grad school and higher ed in general. Um, so let's talk about that. <laughs> As I just finished my cup of coffee at 8 p.m. Um, no, like I, I have, I have an issue with caffeine. <laughs> Um, it's definitely, I, yeah, I almost think like you hear some people in law school and they're like, oh, I don't drink caffeine. And that is treated weirder than someone saying that they don't drink alcohol. Yep. People are like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> is something wrong? Um, but like, 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's very normalized to be dependent on caffeine and the whole, like, I know we're going to get into this, but the whole, like, I haven't had anything today except a nice coffee. Um, bullshit, fucking bullshit. Don't do that. Especially during finals. People are like drinking energy drinks all day to, to stay up all night. That's never going to be me. If you are not treating your body right, then you are not going to do well on finals. That's my philosophy. But that being said, uh, if I do not have coffee by 2 p.m., I do get a migraine. So I, I also like will say that I come from a very caffeine dependent family. Like my parents don't drink alcohol, but my dad has like four or five cups of coffee a day. My mom has a cup of coffee and then like three or four cups of black tea a day. And I have drinking, I started drinking black tea when I was like three. So that caffeine dependence has always been there. <laughs> Stuck around. What about you, Anna? Um, I am like pretty caffeine sensitive. I take like, I'm ADD, so I take meds. And so if I drink any more than like a cup of coffee and I'd say if I, so like I had a big like venti Starbucks ice cream. I'm all, uh, okay. Of the legal field and schools, what could they be doing better? in relation to addiction, alcoholism, the struggles of being a law student. We just like yelled at our Dean about this. Oh. Good time. What was the, give us a recap situation. It's, it's great. So our Dean is really great about like, or our school in general. It's like, yeah, we want to hear y'all's feedback, but are we going to listen to it? No. Okay. Um, so we were trying to get essentially like a full-time, not even a full-time, but just a counselor on campus. Um, we have like six free sessions with like a counseling platform. I can't remember what the provider is, but like, and then after that you have to pay, but it's like, no, we need one on campus that like students can just sign up and go to and not have to navigate that. Um, and we are kind of talking to him about like addiction rates and like mental health and how poor mental health can, obviously contribute to addiction rates or lead you to try and find coping mechanisms elsewhere. And we were just kind of met with, yeah, we don't have the student body for, or student like population to support a counselor on campus. So y'all can keep using your like six free sessions and then like you need to go take care of it elsewhere. Wow. Um, so I think law schools could do a lot better job of like one, just having a mental health professional on campus that students can go and meet with like and not have to navigate like making appointments that sort of thing because I feel like that can really it deters me when it's like oh that's going to be such a hard process to navigate and then like promoting work-life balance because as much as schools are like look at all these addiction rates they definitely reward people who are not taking care of themselves and like subscribe to the grind and don't treat law school like a nine to five job that they can put away when they get home. So I think normalizing the work-life balance and I don't know if like rewarding people that do is the right way to word it, but like not rewarding people who like aren't taking care of themselves. I don't think that's making sense, but. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. You want to incentivize taking care of yourself. 
Um, but how many people are in your graduating class? One yeah. Sorry, my mother. <laughs> Going to visit her mother. Um, but we have like ooh, 140, 30, something like that. Okay. There's 180 in my graduating class and we have a full-time counselor. So use that as leverage. Yeah. Is y'all as connected to your main campus or is it like just for the law school? She is, she's just for the law school, but she comes from like she she's from the the mental health center at the undergrad. I gotcha. Um, she's just stationed at the law school, and her she only takes on people from the law school. I will use that as leverage. They were talking about like the possibility of us. I guess there's a dentistry school in Dallas, and they were like, maybe y'all can share someone. And it was like, great, like let's get that rolling, please. But yeah, if law schools could like promote like work-life balance and you know having a life outside of law school because I think that a lot of it's the hazing of 1L and like exhaustion is just entirely unnecessary yeah I feel like my school will like point things out but doesn't necessarily implement a lot of things to change it and we were actually just talking about this in like our exec board meeting for one of the orgs that I'm in and we have a meeting at the beginning of second semester as a 1L that me and my friends went to and also some of the 3Ls that are on the board went to. And essentially it's like to prepare you for second semester after like getting your first semester grades back, like how to deal with that, how to deal with OCIs and yada, yada. And all any of us really remember is them just being like, yeah, a third of you are going to have alcohol abuse issues. That's like all that we remember from this like meeting. And they like talk about that pretty frequently. I mean, I think it's because I live in a very like drinking culture, like not now, but like previously like drinking culture area. And it definitely still like permeates here. It's just not as big here, but it's not something that like you can really escape from because that's the social scene. That's what the school does. Like I've even had professors like do like drinking activities. Like one of them was like, I'm going to go to this brewery, y'all can pull up and I'll buy you one free drink each. And then I had another class where like we went and got margs together with our professor, like one of the smaller class. So it's like all these things like revolve around alcohol. And then they're just like, hee hee, so a third of you are going to have issues. <laughs> like what? <laughs> my school, what I really appreciate about my school is they give professors funds to do like wellness activities with their classes um and because their school funds they can't be spent on alcohol so it forces them to do something not shitty um so like my crim law professor uh from my 1l year he had to wait until we were no longer remote but this semester he threw us like a dinner party at his house, which was like very cute. Um, and other professors will like 
bring you in breakfast to make sure everyone ate that day. Like just small things like that, I think do a lot more <laughs> to improve mental health than the bullshit that just gets spewed about substance abuse rates. Cause they always want to talk about it, but they don't do anything about it. Tends to fall on the student orgs and the students. Like it's never like systemic change. It's always just like, here are the issues and like you guys know about them and you can do something about them. Never anything about how they, like a lot of people develop substance abuse issues in law school and like it carries over into their career. And it's like law schools don't talk about how like they cause a lot of that. Like they wouldn't want to do that. The statistic is uh, one fifth. So 20% of lawyers have alcohol abuse issues and about two thirds of them that abuse started in law school real real bad um so yeah I think I think law schools definitely need to do more a favorite of mine in my law school is they'll be like no one cares about this issue because you aren't coming to like the SBA open hours to talk about it or like you're not showing up because I don't know law school's law students are super busy and they just don't have time to like spend all of their waking free time lecturing admin about how to run a fucking school. Um, But then as soon as the students do voice concerns, they're like, well, you need to calm down. (laughs) Like, Oh yeah. Same. This is not civil discourse. (laughs) Like, fuck you. Our admin, they're great at gaslighting that they're fantastic at i'm wearing a shirt right now that says i lack decorum because (laughs) certain people at the law school have said the students in my class lack decorum and we had (laughs) t-shirts i i am one a hater and two a complainer however if i complain about something in private sure as hell I'm probably going to complain about it very publicly. <laughs> like if it's that bad, I'm I'm going to have to say something. So if people can't handle that, if individuals, if schools can't handle that. Okay, so this episode has been about alcoholism, mm-hmm. um, addiction, law schools not really doing anything about it, and uh, we're, we're not fans of that song. That's for sure. Yep. That's a, an underlying theme in a lot of our episodes, I think. Yeah, almost like every single one. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any Lives are horrendous. I'll just say that. <laughs> any closing remarks, Anna? Um, everyone take care of themselves going into final season. Um, you know, get that sleep, eight hours. Um, Put your books down and do something for yourself. Have that balance. So true. If possible. So true. All right. Well, that's all this week for the in-laws. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the in-laws pod. We post these full-length episodes every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to follow and rate the podcast through whichever streaming service you're listening on. We will talk to you next week. Bye.